we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. What is up, college baseball fans, and welcome to season five of the 11.7 podcast. Dimitri's back with me here, and boy, do we have some great plans for this season. Uh, we just teased it on Twitter. We just launched a brand new website, and credit it all to Dimitri. What'd you spend, like close to 200 hours over the last month building that thing from scratch? 200, 200. Get, by the way, what's up, college baseball fan? Uh, we are back in the booth. Couldn't be more excited for uh, season number five. Um, so looking forward to another season with you all. And here we are. But yeah, back and it to- sucks. It sucks because we uh, we had a guest lined up for today's episode, but he canceled uh, Stetson Bennett. Um, don't know what happened to Stetson, but I mean, he was supposed to be here talking some college ball with us, but never decided to show up. I don't know what the quarterback from Georgia is doing today. Hey, you know what? Stetson Bennett could have been doing five years with us and been out of college for all five of his years. But you know what? <laughs> People make fun of him for being a 25-year-old quarterback. I think that's so stupid. No, what what, what I'm making fun of him for is being a 25-year-old no, quarterback. We aren't. We aren't. I just made fun of him. Public intoxication. Like, bro, you're 25. Like, grow up. <laughs> you're seven years older than the freshman class. Yeah, but it's a shame he got arrested. Um, he called us from, I guess, what do you call it? The holding cell and said, Hey boys, I'm not going to make it. We were like, what the hell happened? Yeah. I'm like over here. Like, Hey, we, we can't afford to like use this collect call here. We, we haven't made any money yet. But speaking of making money, today's episode is brought to you by the 11.7 pra- Patreon. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're not familiar with Patreon, we have a way where we can interact and give bonus content to our fans. Um, it's it's very much like a like a group chat kind of thing, um, diff, different social media platform where we have tiers um, where our fans 
you know, donate money every month and we provide you with extra content or inside information um, or fun contests that we're going to be running this year. And we'll get into all of this later on, but um, like the season, the weekend series pick'em contest, uh, some ga- gambling content, it's all going to be linked through our Patreon. So if you are able to support and you want to support 11.7, we would thank you so much um, to go on the Patreon and subscribe to one of the tiers that fit you. And we have three subscribers as of right now. And I told everybody who subscribed, I'd give them a shout out. So uh, Brandon Pascal was our first subscriber, um, friend from high school of mine, uh, went to Oklahoma State. And then my mom and my dad both subscribed. I made them test it out today. And uh, they said that it, it went really easy, super smooth. And uh, so those are our three shout outs for right now. But um, Today was the first day we, we hey, saw. Least, hey, at least you're just being honest, not saying it's just three people and not giving any names on who they are. You're being honest. No, it's my mom and my dad, and then friend from high school, Brandon Pascal. And uh, so basically, if you subscribe, you can you can read the the benefits of each of each tier. Uh, but it's going to help us out a lot. It's going to help us, um, you know, get new equipment, um, possibly hire another person to help us with content, um, and then also just kind of pay the bills. You know this podcast hosting isn't completely free you know there's expenses involved and we're not trying to get rich off of it we're just trying to um be able to I'm provide trying to get rich off of it what are you talking well, I about I, <laughs> see guys i had to promise demetri i said hey let's do it i promise i'll get you rich and so uh <laughs> i had to trick demetri there but uh you know and then we're gonna we're gonna give away big prizes and stuff to our our, our subscribers that compete in our weekend series pick them um, and we're also hopefully going to make a trip out to Omaha or possibly somewhere else. Um, hey, there's so, a lot of things. Let's, 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 let's rewind a little bit here, Ben. You, you asked me about the website. I think the fans would, I think you guys would like to hear about how this all went down. <laughs> it was on a Wednesday. It was, well, me and Ben were trying to, it was like, I don't know, first week of January. I got home and I told Ben, hey, let's get on a Zoom call, whatever. Let's start planning the next month, the next month and a half to get ready for February 17th. Let's get ready. Let's make this year a little better than last year. Because if you get better, a little bit better every year, you're making improvements. Your fans, everyone's getting a little more content to keep it interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, ben, I got a quote from a, a guy to build us a website. And it came back to $1,200 for pretty basic, pretty basic stuff. And I told Ben, I said, Twelve hundred is a lot, man. If we can split it or something, that's fine. And then I said, you know what? Literally an hour later, I texted him. I said, "Fuck it, I'm building us a website." <laughs> that was probably about eight o'clock at night. I was up till about three a.m. that night, drawing out the website, how I wanted it, getting ideas from other websites. And, and Dimitri, you're a perfectionist and, and OCD or whatever, whatever it's called. Uh, you, you make I'm a sure everything is is spotless. Like it has to be done a certain way. So. I just kind of sat back and said, man, you're, you're a hero for doing this. I respect you. I can help any way I can. But ultimately, it was 99.99% you um, for this and website. Anyway, guys, I started YouTubing. I started getting ideas, started getting you know tips how to do things. About 200 hours later, two and a half weeks um, later, website is done. Um, so... When you guys go surf through the website, let me know thoughts, concerns, 
um, user interface. Like, tell me, tell me how how you like where things are. What, what could be better? Let, anything and everything. Let me know because I just want it to be the best it possibly can. It's never going to be perfect. Nothing's perfect. But yeah, give me your thoughts where you where you think something should be. How any of that stuff. Just let me know. I, yeah, I enjoy building a, it. And it's just 11point7.com. So 11.7.com. Uh, really, really simple and easy to use interface. But what I like about it the most is it, it offers more than just college baseball. Because this year, um, Dimitri and I decided we're also going to cover the World Baseball Classic, uh, which is, if you're not familiar with the World Baseball Classic, it's every four years similar to the World Cup or the Olympics. And um, they play in a, in a tournament style where, uh, what is it, 24 countries this year compete. Uh, and the Un United States is the reigning World Baseball Classic champions from 2017. Um, played in four different countries, five different countries, I think. And uh, mostly four, MLB four, players. Four, 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 four. No, uh, three. Three countries. Countries? United States. Tokyo, Japan. Mm -hmm. Taiwan uh, and United States. Taiwan is not one in uh, Phoenix and Miami, Puerto Rico, or Dominican Republic. What do you wait? What wait? I, I the four places that it's being played. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, there's not one in in the Caribbean. Phoenix, Arizona, Miami, Florida, Tokyo, Japan, and Taichung or Taipei, Taichung, Taiwan. All right, that's I believe three, you. That's three countries. I believe you. I just thought that there was, thought there was one in Puerto Rico. No, dude, Miami and Phoenix. Oh, you're right. All right, scratch that. I'll I'll, I'll edit that out so I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to edit that out. <laughs> um, but so we're gonna cover the World Baseball Classic, and uh, we're also covering the MLB draft. We're gonna do draft content this year, um, and then. You know, what we're really going to dive into this year, which which we're really excited about, is is the gambling portion of college baseball and the World Baseball Classic. Um, and we're in talks with a couple different gambling companies, um, trying to iron out the last bit of details before we, we start promoting. Can't wait their, to share that with you guys either. Yeah, we got some we got some great feedback from a couple big gambling companies. So uh, whoever we just whoever we end up going with, those are the lines we're going to promote. But as we saw last year, I mean, actually the last four years, every single year there becomes more and more college baseball gambling lines available, whether it's through Bovada or DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, Circa, Barstool Sportsbook. Uh, you're starting to see more than just Friday night games. You, you see Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then a couple midweek games that are big. And then, of course, like during the conference tournaments and the regionals and super regionals and, of course, the College World Series, um, those gambling lines are available. So, we're going to be doing some analysis on each on each of the big games that we like. And um, next episode, we're going to talk next podcast episode. We're going to talk about some of the futures for like College World Series champion bets that we like. Maybe some long shots that have a that have a chance. Um, and then, of course, the favorites. But yeah, I mean, so we, we have a lot of stuff on our plate. And you can see all of that on our website, 11.7.com. Um, and then, of course, the bonus content coming through Patreon. And with a Patreon subscription, you also get access to our Discord channel. And if you're not familiar with Discord, it literally is a group chat um, for organized, for, well, very advanced. organized, different subcategories. And you can go in and interact with other college baseball fans across the community. 
um, that, that we're building. And uh, everybody there has the same interest in mind. It's, it's college baseball uh, through and through. You ask questions, interact with us, direct message Dimitri or myself, um, you know, straight from there. And uh, I believe that's going to be really cool because we're going to be able to, you know, throw in maybe special contests or we might do player props or something, uh, you know, have a little bit of uh, betting content or whatever through there too. So Patreon gets you Discord as well. And um, the website, you can see and read all the details about that. So uh, I think that's about it as far as new stuff that we have going on for us right now. I think I think that's about it. Um, I'm super, super excited about the World Baseball Classic. Um, it's my favorite. And I know it's a college baseball podcast. College baseball is probably my favorite form of baseball. But the, world, the two and a half weeks of the WBC – it, it might it it, it it i think it's more, my favorite thing outside of regional weekend and the olympics and march madness i think i can throw march madness into that too I, but i think that's my top five event the I, craziest I my... thing so craziest thing dimitri and i discovered is during the world baseball classic opening weekend uh, I believe it's March 7th through the 9th March the, 8th uh, sorry, March 7th at 11 p.m. you're right yeah, so March 7th through the 9th, there is, I think, 72 straight hours of baseball being played. And I know you're thinking, like, what do you mean 72 straight hours? Well, by the time the Japanese games end, uh, or the, the, the pool in Japan and Taiwan, they end their night games. It's the afternoon game starting here in the United States. And then when the United States game night game is over in um, Phoenix, Arizona, so it's bad. noon in in. <laughs> japan so then those games start so you can literally not sleep and watch a world baseball classic game <laughs> for 72 straight hours meanwhile we got conference tournament i mean conference uh first week in a conference play for some conferences in college baseball plus it's right at the start of march madness so if, if there's a good time to you know build up some vacation days for work uh and just sit on the couch no, and do no, nothing. no joke no joke <laughs> if i if i had a work nine to five right now and I was working that week. I honestly might just take that week off. It'd be the greatest vacation. I was instead of buying hotels and flights for a vacation, I would just order a lot of food, <laughs> make sure I had everything I needed at my house, and just sit at home for a week straight. Because speaking of what you were saying, 11 p.m. Tuesday, March 7th, Cuba played the Netherlands in Taiwan. The following day at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Panama plays Thai, Chinese Taipei. And then there's a break. There's a break. It's 10 p.m. Eastern time is the next game, but that's only on Wednesday. That's where it just starts getting good. Yeah, I'm talking about Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Sunday. 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 10 p.m., 11.30 p.m. 5 a.m., 6 and But you got to remember, those times overlap. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then mixed in there, uh, you know, there's going to be so much college baseball going on. I mean, everybody's playing that weekend. Uh, I think it's the first weekend of conference play. If not, it's the weekend right before. Uh, but we were looking through the, the schedule on D1Baseball.com, and, like, that weekend is packed with some big games as well. Uh, and, you know, of course, everybody likes sitting there watching March Madness basketball too. Don't get me wrong. So that I think that's the week before opening, like, the first round of, of NCAA basketball tournament but still you got conference let me let me for, confirm for that. college basketball march uh madness 2023 date let's see 
Um, I want to line. Okay, selection Sunday. It's Sunday, March twelfth. So the week after. Okay. No, no, no. So let, oh, that's the week. That is the week. No, that's Saturday, March eleventh. There's eight World Baseball Classic games. Eight from five a.m. to eleven p.m. They're the game nonstop. Wow. So so that's on the eleventh. First four. Okay, so first round is the sixteenth and the seventeenth. So let's see. Yep, the sixteenth and the seventeenth is the uh, the bracket play of the WBC. So much slower um, TV schedule, but they're not overlapping, which I kind of like. So you can kind of focus on one at a time, but it's a continuous three weeks of just sports. Yeah, best time of the year, hundred percent the best time of the year. And and if you guys haven't. If you guys tuned in for the first time on the show, or maybe this is your second or third season listening to us, um, in, we're, right now we're just yakking it up. We're just yakking it up about college baseball. It's a soft opening for us. We're not hitting any uh, analysis on this show. We're not talking too in-depth on teams. But what we're going to do is uh, we wanted to introduce our plans, which we already did. Uh, wanted to kind of build some excitement about future, like middle of March stuff that we just talked about with the World Baseball Classic. Um, but what I think most of our fans are really interested in, Dimitri, is how this past winter you went down to Venezuela, played in the Venezuelan Winter League, and you got to face Ronald Acuna. And you got ripped off, man, because you struck him out, and the umpire had Acuna's back and called it a ball. I watched the video. I watched the tapes. That was strike three. Uh, well, first of all, first of all, for me, for me in my career – I never played minor league ball for reasons that it doesn't matter at this point. That was nine, not eight years ago. I don't care anymore. I don't care why it didn't happen. But long story short, I never played minor league ball. I never got to face top prospects. I never got to do all that stuff. For me, it was. That's a, right. You never faced me. I never faced you either. You said top was, prospects, right? Yeah. Yeah, we never faced each other. <laughs> nope. But anyway. I got to face top prospects in college ball, but I never got to face them like as a professional. So anyway, um, I got a job in Venezuela. Um, for me personally, I didn't, I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't belong there, but my, based on my track record, I was amongst a bunch of big leaguers, a bunch of minor leaguers, a bunch of top prospects, all that stuff. And there was me who just a dude, you know, who's been slinging it around in different countries. <laughs> yeah. I don't know yakking it up whatever so i found out i was getting the start and it was acuna's second game in the league um and he had i think he had like a 10 or 15 game limit that the brave put on him and i was starting acuna was on the starting lineup i texted ben i texted some of my other friend they said holy shit i'm facing acuna saturday <laughs> i was just watching him play in the playoff game in Atlanta, just like just before I left, so it was like, "Wow, I'm about to face this guy. This is sick." Yeah, this is your hometown hero. Fast forward to the at bats. Um, first at bat, you know, I kind of, I think the guy before I struck out on the changeup, so I kind of was walking around the mound, coming back up the mound. There's Acuna coming up with all yellow protective right, gear. Pause. What are you thinking in your head right now? Because you you knew he let's, was like, let's in, go get this you motherfucker. Knew he That's was what like I was in thinking. the hole. You were like, "All right, he's in the hole." Next batter, all right, he's on deck. While you're facing the guy that you struck out on that changeup, in your head, I know you were thinking, all right, Acuna's on deck. All right, Acuna's on deck. 
You had no, to. I honestly, I honestly wasn't thinking like that. It was more. I was just locked in normal, normal start, right? Just a normal start. And then when I look up, coming up the mound, Acuna stepping in, doing his, all his um, shenanigans, getting ready for the at bat. I literally said to myself, "Let's go get this motherfucker. Let's go get <laughs> this guy." Step up, first pitch, fastball by him, and then by all him. the nerve, all all the nerves just went away, like instantaneously. They just went away, and it was just another dude. It didn't even matter who it was. Um, did he then, look at you in the eyes? Did, did you guys make eye contact? I have no idea. I don't remember. I don't know. That, that, that's a weird question. That's like, like that's, I'm not going to look at another, remember if I stared another man in the eye. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? Right. I um, but anyway, 0 2 count, catcher call fastball up and in. It's gotta, we got to get it up there, up in his hands. And I missed it, you know, knee high inside. They charged the shortstop with an error. Ground ball to short. It was a pretty hard hit ball. I was surprised. I was like, okay, that's cool. 0 for 1. Let's let's go. 0 for 1. Yeah, it was he rolled over on it. It was hard hit, but of course it was hard hit. Second was... A B. This is where Ben thinks I struck him out. I don't know. I don't know. You did, did strike him out. I'm not I would be the first one to tell you off, if you did. Ball it. was off the plate. In a D one strike zone. Absolutely. Oh, Jeffrey I mean, Matthew. Yeah, if, the if highest again, level I've ever played was was mid major college baseballs. So that's a strike in my league. <laughs> if if it was Jeff Jeff Masias behind the plate, Tony Vitello in the other dugout, it's a strike. <laughs> but uh, other places, probably not a strike. So do they not have uh, TrackMan in, in Venezuela? Could you go back on the tape? They have they have that stuff, but I never I never went and asked for the data. I just didn't yeah. care. Whatever. Anyway, three two changeup. He had an RBI single. Um, I came out of the game and, but I was happy with it. You know, it was like, it was like three innings, um, one run. Acuna was the only guy that got on base other than one other guy. So it was fun, fun experience. I mean, facing a talent like that, you just have to enjoy the moment, enjoy the experience. Like, because how many yeah. times do you get to face a top five player in all of baseball? In a competitive game, like those games are taken very seriously too. This oh, is very ex- seriously. This is an exhibitions, and I'm sure you guys sold out the crowd that day because um, he's a hero, a folk legend in Venezuela. Um, and speaking of speaking of, he's not Venezuelan though, right? What is he from Venezuela? He's from the town okay, that we're, right. where we were playing. Like he, that's his hometown. Oh, now. that's his hometown, Laguaira. <laughs> Laguaira is his hometown. Um, it's on the coast. It's up on the side of a mountain, right on the coast. It's beautiful. Um, for those that don't know, Alcides Escobar is his cousin. Um, he's got like 10 different cousins that are all in the big leagues. I forgot all of them. They're all related somehow. It's unbelievable what that family like. It's Acuna, Alcides Escobar. Um, dude, I can't even remember them all. They're all, uh, they're hey, all listen, family. We're not going to quiz you. I believe no, you. But, uh, Baseball down there is legit. I mean, I face yeah. Glaber Torres. I got to see Eugenio Suarez. I got to see Rogan Odor. What about like Altuve? Was he there? Altuve never ended up playing because uh, something happened with uh, – he just end, didn't end up playing. Um, Salvador Perez I got to face. I mean, there was just big leaguer after big leaguer everywhere. <laughs> it was probably one of the coolest things. I got to sit in the dugout on my off days and just watch big leaguers play. Yeah, it, it was unbelievable. Like it was just like I was looking, just talking to my friend that are you know Venezuela from there, and I'm just like, dude, that guy's in the big leagues. And then somebody I didn't know, I said, "Where does he play?" Oh, he was in the big leagues, the White Sox. 
oh, he was in the big leagues with the Twins. Oh, he was the number six prospect in all of baseball, but he got hurt, so now he whatever. I'm just like, dude, you guys pump, you guys might pump out just as many big leaguers as the Dominican. No doubt. I mean, they and they're all superstars. Like everybody that I feel like comes out of Venezuela, I mean, they, they end up coming in the major leagues as a superstar. Um, and what the coolest thing that I'll end this topic on, the way it works down there is you have your eight, I think it's eight team, and the New York, like there's two or three teams that are like the New York Yankees. Basically, it's Caracas and my uh, Navigantes de Mayanis are like the New York Yankees <laughs> and the Boston Red Sox. And what then did you've you got just say? Uh, Navigantes de Mayanis. Dude, I like your, your Spanish accent. That's Mayanis. Nice. Hey, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but and then they, so they have their, when those teams play, there's 20,000 plus people in the stadium. Twenty thousand plus, easy. Dude, that's more yeah. than that's more than like then half Marlin. the MLB. Half the MLB is every. So when T. Barone is playing Acuna's team, um, Caraca, Mayana, and maybe Lada, Cardinal, the Cardinal of Lada, play. But anyway, my point is they have 16, 15, 16, 17 year olds that signed with these teams, and they go to practice every day with them, but they don't play. They go to practice. They throw live bullpen. They shag BP. They do everything like they're on the team, but they don't play in the game. And then they go to these academies in the summertime. Uh, Isuris, um, he was an infielder. Um, Bobby Abreu, uh, Cesar Isuris, yep. yep. Bobby Abreu had an academy. Um, you remember Maglio Ordonia? How can freaking, I forget? Forget freaking legend. One of my favorite guys growing up. Walk-off home run, game four of the ALCS. yep. yep. Maybe DS. With that luscious flow he had back oh, in the yeah. day. Um, anyway, all those guys have academies all over the country, and they just baseball 24-7. They feed them breakfast, they play baseball. They feed them lunch, they play baseball. And then they just burn them out with conditioning at the end of the day, and they send them home, do it again the next day, all summer long. And then I mean, that's the come. that's the fastest way for them to like get generational dude, wealth these dudes, for their families. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and these dudes – are 16, 17 years old, and I'm just looking at their fundamentals, looking at their footwork, and I'm just like, these guys are ready to go. So to tie it into, like, college baseball, like, you're saying six, you 15, imagine? 16, 17, compare it to, like, a like a United States showcase, uh, like showcase players of the United States. They're not as hungry. They're not even close to as hungry. A 16-year-older here, I'm, and by the way, I'm not saying this, like, they, it needs to change or anything like that. I'm just saying it's a different culture. It's yeah. a different all or nothing, make it or break it kind of thing. If I was a 16-year-old getting recruited by, for example, South Carolina, I'm like, ooh, South Carolina called me. I got a letter to go to their camp, whatever. <laughs> Posted on Twitter, yeah. A 16-year-old dude down there is like, I'm trying to hit 95, which guys wow. do here just as well. Yeah. But they're not thinking about recruiting. They're thinking about signing a million-dollar contract with the San Diego Padres. That's 15, 16, 17 years old. That's what they're going for. They're going for the money. Kids here at 16 are just playing high school baseball, starting the college recruitment. They're three years ahead of the schedule in Dominican, Venezuela, all those countries. They're three years ahead of schedule. When we're 18 here, we sign draft, whatever. When they're mm -hmm. 16, they're already going to the Dominican um, league. Like basically I think they have the MILB camp in the Dominican. Right. Um, so they're 15, 16 years old, already getting paid, and already playing quote-unquote professional baseball. 
That's wild. It's man. unbelievable. It's unbelievable just to That's see cool. that firsthand how how they do it. Yeah, I mean, you can just tell by the amount of money Major League Baseball has invested in you know Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Puerto Rico. Um, I mean, even so, I mean, pretty much every country out there now we have MLB scouts at like looking for the next you know Shohei Otani or next Ronald Acuna, uh, or whatever. Ronald Acuna, right? So it's so uh, let me ask you this. So I was thinking yeah. about this. If you went down there, let's just say Texas A and M got hired an international scout, and they went down to Venezuela, found guys that were freaking studs, but that they knew maybe they weren't going to be pro pro guys yet. Found a way that the, if they spoke English a little bit and recruited them to the well, state. Hey, you've never played junior college baseball in Texas. That's like a, that's. A I real mean, thing. I know what JUCO do. I I think yeah, uh, junior college. So basically, what? So at least I don't know if things have changed. I mean, it's been eight years since I played junior college baseball, but um, in, in Texas, there's a lot of JUCOs that go and get players from the Caribbean. Puerto Rico. Or, yeah, I mean, really anywhere. I mean, I we we had guys coming in from like Europe and from Canada. I know that's a little bit different, um, but yeah, their their job is they get one year to basically learn English and pass these tests. In junior college, and if they do, they can go on and division one or whatever. Yeah, go play division one if they pass their test and learn uh, enough English. But if they don't, then they they're not really welcomed back at the school because they can't do the 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 junior college schoolwork. So you can't go to year two yet. Um, So so they have to come to the state and take a test before they go JUCO. I don't know if they have to take a test before they come to junior college, but I know or I don't know because like I said, things may have changed or I may have been given misinformation. Um, but it, to what I've heard, they have to pass certain tests af- after year one to even be eligible for uh, year two. So they get a freebie year one. But, kind of- so, but what happens though, and, and, and we played against a lot of guys, um, that were foreign, they come to the United States junior college one year and then they get drafted. So they, I mean, they're out for the draft. Yeah, of course. I wonder mm-hmm. why they do that route instead of, because maybe they just didn't get seen by the international scouts wherever yeah. they came from but to go division one there's no way that's possible right there's no way a guy oh, no can it's come possible in. it's definitely possible so for example a kid from venezuela 17 years old can he enroll at a division one or does he have, to have you, some sort of you have to meet you have of, to like meet the standards of everything and obviously it's a standards? risk because you, well you, you gotta you pass idea? your classes you gotta pass your classes you gotta get into the school be accepted um but how but, do you get accepted? Do you transfer your classes from where, whatever country you come from? Like, how I does that work? I, I don't know the foreign. I mean, that happens all the time in basketball. Because, because I mean, like like Miami, for example, every now and then they have like three or four at all time, three or four guys from Puerto Rico. But I, th- I think Puerto Rico is different since it's a, uh, it's US territory. Uh, what do you call it? A yeah. district or whatever. U.S. territory. Yeah. Yeah. U.S. territory. Um, so because, dude, if I'm running a college baseball program, and I found a way to make it happen. I would go get my whole team would be Latin. Yeah, I mean, you would definitely have uh, not my whole team, changed, but you would have changed the landscape of college baseball if you did that. Um, I mean, but I guess after be... you spend all that time down there, you probably learned, like, hey, I can build a team with you know the 15, 16, 17 year olds out there grinding every single day, and, um, and they're hungry, and they're hungry, and yeah. they're good, they're good. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. one day we'll see it. It's just, it's different, man. You're right. Like those guys just want to play professional baseball. College baseball probably doesn't interest them right now. 
Um, yeah, they're it, not getting money, so it's it's yeah. not going to work. It's it's really it's really not going to work. But if if you come across a kid that wants to, that had the intellectual interest, I want to say, in getting a degree, getting an education, mm-hmm. who, like for whatever reason he wants that. It might work, but I, I I think it would be pretty cool if you could just create a baseball factory school and just fake <laughs> records, fake transcript, freaking run, running last, a running last a, chance of you baseball, running a freaking scheme. Yeah, that but would anyway. uh, that would definitely call for an ESPN thirty for thirty if that ever happened. Um, but could hey, let's go imagine, back. To- could you imagine team rolling into Omaha? Speaks oh, not a lick God. of English. Hey, I would love that. I'll, I'll be. I'll, I'll be honest. Forget. I would love that. Um, uh, that'd be so awesome. Uh, but I guess transferring back or transitioning back into the college baseball thing. I know we went off on an international baseball tangent, but it it made sense in this time, and we're we're gonna knock it out on this episode, so we don't have to bring it back up every epi- every other episode. Um, but we're we're less than a month away from college baseball starting, and it seems like ninety five percent of coverage and uh, 95% of interest falls within really just two teams. What LSU has done this year in the transfer portal and what Tennessee did last year in the unfinished business that they have coming into this year. Um, it seems like those two teams right now on paper are the two best teams uh, that we've seen in a long time, like coming into a season with all the hype. And uh, and you hit on it in the, in the blog that you wrote on our website, 11.7.com. Um, how, hey, on, by the way, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. How cool, how good does it feel to just say 11.7.com? Go check it out. It's nice, man. It's it's, Dude, it's it makes definitely me feel nice. so more official. Yeah, I think this is our third time having that domain, but we've we've held on to it. We finally have our own website. But um, you wrote a blog today, and, and in the article you wrote, there hasn't been a preseason number one win the college world series since 1999 when Miami did it. Um, I'm going to trust you on that. I, I'm too lazy to look it up, but I believe you. No, 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 no. Postseason. Not, I don't know about preseason. Oh. Entering the postseason at the number one seed. Oh, I, I knew that then. Yeah, you're right. They, that, that graphic always shows up in the College World Series. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh. But, you know, LSU Preseason, has all, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think LSU has a lot of pressure on them this year, especially for a team that hasn't really pl- – I mean, most of their stars haven't played together in a real game before. Got Paul Skeens transferring over from Air Force, one of the best two way players we've seen in a while. Would you say that LSU is an all star team? I mean, they're pretty damn close. Like, and they, like they got the, the first, two best players, two best this players. This is the in first the time I'm like looking at a team and I'm just like, this is an all star team. Almost. They're going to have the number one overall pick, most likely, in Dylan Cruz. Uh, they have the the best freshman who's ever played this game and Tommy White transferring over from NC State. You got the best two-way player in the game in Paul Skeens, who's going to be a Friday night starter, Jay Johnson confirmed. Plus, it's probably going to hit three or four hole for him somewhere in the middle, put a lefty somewhere, back. Somewhere between Cade Beloso and Tommy White and Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan. And, yeah. like, I mean, I'm just listing guys. That I'm and like, what, like, what kind of lineup is that? <laughs> Um, but I mean, at, at the end of the day, we all know the hot, cold, hot theory, right? And, and Tennessee fell victim to it last year. They were just hot, 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 cold, hot, 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 cold. Luke gets stumped by, the, I mean, it was a really good Notre Kentucky, Dame team. Dude, speak, let's, let's kind of rewind a little bit. Let's kind of like connect 2023 with 2022 because we disappear the whole fall. 
let's kind of connect things a little bit. That series with Kentucky last year was a, sh- a shock to everybody. Like, oh, my God, Tennessee lost to a team yeah. that had no business beating them. And it was like that. I think that series. Was I remember. Weird. I remember blaming that series on the weather. I'm pretty sure it was rainy. Like two of it those. It was rainy. Days. It was nasty, and yeah. it was nasty. And I was like, Ah, Tennessee doesn't want to play in that weather. Like Kentucky just took advantage of them. But yeah, that was kind of the first sign of weakness that we saw from Tennessee, and uh, and you know they they dominated their regional. There was never never in any. I well, know. I don't know. Georgia Tech. Actually, Campbell Georgia Tech, was playing them tight for a little bit. Georgia Tech was. You're right. You're right. That regional um, wasn't wasn't so cakewalky as it, it might have seemed from a scoreboard standpoint. Right. But um um anyways. So, but anyway. Yeah, Tennessee. Let's let's fast forward to this year. I, I really don't want to talk too much about last year because I don't think people really care unless you're an Ole Miss fan. No, 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 um, no. You just you just connect connect the dots. Like kind of yeah. like I mean, dude, we got we got new faces in Clemson and Florida State that I'm super excited about. Um, that happened in kind of the summertime off season. Yeah, um, but yeah, we we actually covered that on our last episode. I went back and listened to it about uh, Eric Backage coming down to Clemson from Michigan and then Link Jarrett going from Notre Dame to Florida State to just huge hires for both of those programs, uh, trying to get them back on track. I mean, if you think about it, Florida State and Clemson are two of the premier blue bloods of college baseball. Um, if you go back to the 90s, early 2000s, even mid-2000s, and neither one of them has ever won a national championship. But they both feel like they need to be contending for national championships every single year. So no better way to start than to go get two of the most popular coaches in the game um, to get that, to get that started. So, um, but let me finish hey. one. My, let me finish my last thought on LSU yep. and Tennessee. I think LSU getting those studs out of the transfer portal and getting all the attention is going to help Tennessee a lot this year because they're not going to have the target on their back as much. Um, you know, they're, they're another year together. Uh, for, I mean, they lost quite a bit of talent, but at the same time, Vitello is is reloading that program with some of the top recruits in the nation every single year. Um, and, you know, I think this is the type of – we've seen it with Mississippi State. We've seen it with Ole Miss, um, you know, the last two national champions. They've had better teams that didn't win national championships. Um, but this might be the team that, like, clicks and puts it together and, uh, and, and gets hot at the right time in June. Um, the – so I think I think LSU being so good helps out Tennessee this year, and I think Tennessee being really good helps out LSU because LSU feels like you know they have one one big. I don't even know if they play each other. I haven't looked at the schedule, but um, you know it's, they have one big rival in the SEC right now, and uh, it, it's it's funny to say because the SEC is that loaded. Um, I, I think. I mean, dude, we, we do this every time. People buy the hype. People buy what they're selling, what they're cooking. Oh, the last team in – I mean, yes, it was an SEC team. So you you it makes you think, like, uh, Ole Miss winning the national championship last year, does that change how the committee feels about those bottom-tier SEC teams over a very high-end quality mid-major team? Like, are you going to take number 64 spot? Are you going to give it to Ole Miss? Or are you going to give it to the 45 and, you know, 15? Grand Canyon or whoever. Grand Canyon or Southern Illinois or whatever, whoever it may be. 
if like is Ole Miss better than those teams? Yeah, probably. Probably they are. But it's like this is the same thing we're dealing with in college football. Is it the best 64 or the best four in the playoff? Or is it the most deserving? Like, what is the field of 64? Is it the best 64? Is it the most deserving 64? And yeah. it's an argument you can go back and forth on for hours upon hours. What yeah, and, and and you're right. This year, um, what what Ole Miss did last year being the last team in and, and winning the whole damn thing, this next year, it, the committee is going to lean towards the, the bottom tier SEC team over the mid-major, and it sucks. But also... I credit, hate it. I hate it. I, I want to credit the SEC, though, because you look down at the bottom of the standings at the end of the year, and you're going to see some some really, really good teams, whether it's Auburn or Missouri or Kentucky. I think all three of those teams are going to you know, win plenty of games in the SEC. Uh, they're probably going to win a lot of their non-conference. No, they're going to be they're going to be just like Mississippi State and Ole Miss did before they turned on the Jet, where they're you know seven and seventeen, eight and sixteen, whatever the number is, nine and you know and they get 15. to thirteen and seventeen at the end of the year, win a couple games in the tournament. Yeah, um, so it's going to be a bloodbath, man. On the SEC, too much right now. No, I mean I don't either. I just wanted to I wanted to touch on. Um, I think yep. this year you're going to see you're going to see a lot of the power the power five or, or top four conferences get those bids over the mid major teams that might have deserved it more. Uh, so here, I have a point that I brought up to you the other day that I wanted to kind of and and end the show on kind of a little bit. Um, but it's a good it's a good topic, and I want to hear everybody's feedback on this. This is, you can call it a hot take or whatever, but I was thinking about this. So I told Ben this. There's this weird stigma in college baseball. I don't know if stigma is the right word, but when you watch college football, when you watch college basketball, when you watch pro football, when you watch pro baseball, there's a lot of hype. People that hype the sport, love the sport, will never say a bad word about it. On the flip side, there's a lot of people that say stupid things, that say accurate hot takes. They say things that are criticizing players, that are criticizing their game or criticizing coaches at a much higher degree. And I think it's healthy for sport. I think it's healthy when guys criticize things because it gives people two perspectives to everything. It's like whatever the case may be, you might not like them because they hate your team. But they're going to criticize whatever they see fair to criticize. In college, baseball is a sport. And for, this is just my opinion. You guys can agree with me or disagree. I would love to hear your opinion. There's not enough people criticizing the sport. And I'm not saying criticizing the sport in terms of, oh, the game, the sport sucked. In terms of inside the game, whether it's a head coach putting out a terrible, shitty lineup every Friday, Saturday, Sunday or whether it's a player who did some terrible things, like they're 0 for 3, 3 strikeout with second and third, left six runners on base in the game. Not enough people criticize those things, and I kind of want to see more of it. Why do college football players have the respect and have the higher status to get criticized when they play bad or hype when they play good? College baseball feels like a country club sport where you walk out <laughs> to the golf course <laughs> And you just play tennis and, oh, I'm so happy everybody's here enjoying their day today, like playing the sport. 
put a little more energy into it. When you criticize, and I'm not say, sitting here saying, just start criticizing everything. I'm just saying, when you see something that pisses you off or annoys you, speak your mind on it or whatever it is. I think it's healthy. And when the players fire back, good for them. Let them fire back. Deep down inside, they know it's true in many cases. Maybe it'll motivate them, but you create more uh, Hey, I would have loved for somebody, you know, harping on me on Twitter when I was playing, like, yo, Ben, you swung at a first pitch changeup for the fifth day in a row. <laughs> like, can you please wait on a fastball? Uh, um, so, yeah. yeah, anyway, to finish off my statement before I want Ben to respond, to bring more fans and create more engagement in this sport and popularity, bring more character and more toxicity to this game. I promise you it'll pay off. More people want to sit down and watch this sport when there's two sides to a lot of things. And, yeah. and, and you got to take this with a grain of salt. The, when I the, sport, the sport needs a villain. And Tennessee and last... was a great example last year. People hated that team. Mm-hmm. People were pulled into the sport, whether it was on Twitter, whether it was on TV, to see what the hell is going on. Why did everyone hate this Tennessee team? And but video after video after video got the views and the clicks. Mm-hmm. Any time something happened with Tennessee, the sport grew because people didn't like Tennessee. So just that kind of my point. Like, if you don't like some hate on it, whatever, good for it. But you gotta have a reason why you don't like something. Yeah. We we kind of we do it. Sometimes I fall victim to it where I'm kind of like too nice about it. I kind of want to just be more real about how I feel about things instead of sugarcoating it. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think you left out one of the biggest parts you told me uh, when you brought this up pre-show. Uh, you were you were more criticizing the like the college baseball writers or college journalists and announcers. journalists announcers. Um, and I mean, I can't hate on it too much because I'm guilty of it. I'm I'm always such a positive guy. But um, you're right. People talk about what they love but they really listen and what they really talk about what they hate. And, you know, they're more interested in things that like, you know, make them, you know, a little bit more angry or a little bit more, um, you know, pissed off. So when yeah, Joe I mean, Burrow think, played the bad game, the whole freaking NFL sports media is all over his ass about it. Let, let me tell you this though. I think the reason why we don't see enough of it in college baseball is it's so hard to keep track of so many teams and so many players, and and you see it in the NFL and NBA and, and MLB, college football, the bigger sports that you you know players from every single More team, focused. and and, and knowledgeable about all that. College baseball is such a revolving door that you really just there's going to be about five teams that people hate. It's going to be the same old teams, uh, the LSU's, Tennessee's, Texas, uh, uh, Clemson, the A and M, Florida State, Florida. Uh, it's the teams that have kind of had a lot of success and, and people want that success to go down. So, um, but you're, you're not going to find anybody hating on Indiana state. You're not going to find somebody that's gonna be like, and oh. that's where I'm, I'm so conflicted because what I, I believe what I'm saying is true to an extent, but I can't, it's, it's, it's even for me personally, I cannot sit here and say, damn, the Indiana state Friday night guy was shit tonight. He got his <laughs> ass kicked. I didn't like his energy. I didn't like his motivation. It looked like he wasn't trying. You Like that kind of stuff is like. It's but if you to... did post that on the 11.7 Twitter, you would have 20 people being like, oh, I thought you were trying to grow the game. You, you need yep, to be nice exactly. to these kids and stuff. 
that's the annoying part. And I understand that it's annoying because you can't it, say anything. It, 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 am I not growing the game by talking about it? There's plenty of great players, but there's plenty of players in this, in the sport that have a lot of potential, but they just didn't play well. Like for example, you watch your freaking coastal Carolina game on ESPN at noon on Saturday, quarterback playing like shit in your head. You're like, dude, this dude sucks. <laughs> like you have a bet on the game or whatever. And he throws two picks and you're just like, dude, this guy sucks. In college baseball, you know, it's very rare we're going to sit there and say, this dude just sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just weird. It's a weird dynamic. Like, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it myself. I you know what else it. is a weird dynamic? I'm sitting on my son's, my, my 10-month-old son. He has a, a soft, plush elephant chair. It's a chair shaped like an <laughs> elephant. I'm sitting on the floor right now. Just I couldn't get comfortable on my couch. Um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. So I'm not what used you, what, to being. I'm not used to being awake this late. Other than like, if I'm stuck in a rabbit hole watching, I've gotten really big into watching venomous snake videos. You know how they like milk the snakes. Uh, I, that's what it's called. It's not, not what you think. But they get the venom. They bite the 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 cup. cup. Yeah, dude. I watch those videos for hours. Some nights I get stuck into because it it's my biggest fear is like a venomous snake, and um, and I I'll just be up at two a.m. and be like, wow. I started watching these videos at 11. Um, but any, hey, any last so thoughts? What, was, what other last thoughts do you have? Um, I was going to say, I wanted to explain as people like the next couple of days start surfing the website and stuff. And we start easing way our back in with content. We're going to, I'm going to try to write more this year. I, I realized I do enjoy writing. Um, it's just much easier to sit here and talk on a mic than actually sit down and write. But I enjoyed it because you kind of research, you kind of, as you're building your, your article or whatever, you kind of research and you kind of think about the words you put out. So I enjoyed it. Um, it's another, it's just another avenue to express things that maybe we don't get to on the podcast or that we expand on in writing that based on something we touched on on the podcast, we'll expand more and go more in detail in a, an article, whatever the case may be. Yeah. But I just wanted to say one more thing about the pick them in the contest. We're going to do something really fun this year. All, I mean, a lot of other media outlets, um, ESPN, CBS Sports, they all do it. And we're like, we want to do this for college baseball, a season-long pick-em challenge or season-long survivor challenge. And me and Ben have been working hard on getting big prizes, donations, um, like whether a baseball company, a sports book, um, trying to get awesome prizes for you guys to win and have a chance to Win, a chance to win something so you want to put effort into it and be the best you can at it so we're working on those um they'll be really fun i promise you guys they'll be really fun to be a and part it's, of it's already pre, it's already built on the site that you can go through and read the rules and everything and of course like the more people that join the uh the bigger the prizes will be and yep. uh and yeah so it's a season long weekend series pick them you pick the winner best two out of three of the top six series of the weekend um, and then we'll keep a leaderboard and everybody who plays will be eligible for that grand prize. Uh, and then the survivor contest is even more cool. In my opinion, uh, you pick your favorite weekend series winner. So whoever you think is a lock to win their best two out of three, um, out of the six that we choose from. Um, and if they and we win, we compete you move with on. you guys. We're going yeah, to compete. competing too. I'm, I want yeah. this grand prize too. Yeah. Um, and so whoever you think is a lock, if they win, you move on to the next week and you play against the remaining winners. If you lose, you're out. And you know, that's 12 weeks of it. 
Uh, it's going to get really competitive, really tough. And the and last can you the same team twice all season? See, that, I think they can though. Why wouldn't? No, you cannot use the same team twice all year. Well, we're going to pick the weekend series. So, okay, so then they won't be. They can't pick that team. They got to pick somebody else. Okay, all right, fine. You make the rules. I mean, it's fine. I, I don't. I didn't know that. You cannot but... use the same team all year. Okay. Fair. And if you do, it's an automatic L. I mean, it's that simple. We're so, going to have to really harp on that. <laughs> I didn't see that in the rules. Maybe I did. Actually, yeah, I did. I, I'm pretty sure I wrote it down in there. It, it's um, The rules are but, on the website. So, we'll but go, yeah, guys, we'll... this is um, this is an opportunity for you guys to support us. Um, like Ben said in the beginning, we're not trying to get rich. I'm trying to get rich, but I'm going to pretend I'm not. I'm just here, you know, for the love of the game, but uh, okay, joking. Of course, I'm joking there. Um, yeah, man, sick website. You guys enjoy it. Um, more stuff will be coming. Um, I don't have much else to say. I, we are yeah. going to get into our more in-depth analysis of team conferences, all that good stuff as we get closer to the season. Um, like we're, I we're said, just, this we're is just our... like the players. We 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 got first day of practice was Friday. This is our first episode. We gotta we gotta get some practice in before this is our we're... spring training. Yep. And uh, so next week will be uh, the, first, uh, the the next episode. So next Sunday night, Monday morning, uh, we're going to record an episode with more uh, in-depth analysis about teams, about teams we love, some gambling content for futures picks. Uh, try to get a guest on for you guys, like a good one. Maybe we can hit up Kendall Rogers or somebody and uh, get them to preview the season with us. Uh, the The good news is, we're only what three podcasts away from the the, the start of the season, so we have this yeah, so one. Go ahead next and tell one. them our schedule. Go ahead and tell them. I don't have it in front of me, but I know we have this week, Sunday. next week, so next Sunday, Sunday next after Sunday. that, and then the the Friday, Sunday, and then the Thursday, Thursday night. Yep, and uh, it's looking like I'm gonna do either twelve or twenty four hour live stream Thursday going into Friday of opening day. Or I might do an 11.7 hour, which is like 11 hours, 42 minute live stream, uh, you know, doing Q&As with fans, uh, staying up, making sure it's fun. Uh, probably doing one last push for our Patreon and, uh, and, and our weekend series pick em contest, because once opening day hits, it, it, it locks. So you only have until February 17th at what, 11 a.m. Eastern to submit 10 a.m. Eastern on February 17th at the deadline to get your entries in. Um, we will be putting out the final series at some point this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll have almost three full weeks of time to get your picks in and whatever you may need to do, do your research and start picking whatever. But this week sometime we will have the final series listed on the on this website. So go ahead and go get your Patreon account signed up, get all comfortable with that. And then um, we will um, announce all that good stuff as we – Get through this week and next week. So that's all I got for you guys. Appreciate you listening. We're back. Hey, we're back, baby. Um, Yeah, we'll end it right there. You all have a good week and uh, let us know some feedback. See ya. We won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi. uh, We did it. Uh, We're national champs. Breaking ball. Oh my goodness. Deep right field. A grand slam.
to Omaha. And here's Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone. The legend continues. Got him swinging. The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw. That is a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. That's a home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just bare and walks it off with a grand slam. That one is launched. Where will it land? The Hispanic Titanic with a blast again. <laughs> Melendez doesn't get cheated.